June 25, 2017. I want to return to a Perek in Moreh in Chelegimal Perek Chavav that we uh, touched on, I think, a year and a half ago. I mean, it's come up on uh, several occasions, but I had a new uh, perspective in it. It's one that you might be familiar with, and if you are, just, it's on page Shin Lamedaled in the Kapach edition. Um, but uh, if you hang with me, I think... You know, I think you'll have some new perspective that maybe you didn't have beforehand. So this is the Perik during which Arambam uh, writes his uh, basic and general perspective on Ta'ameh HaMisvot, on the reasoning for Misvot. And, uh, you know, from, from an outsider's perspective, we're already familiar with the fact that Harambam has his Sefer Misvot. He has, he's very interested in enumerating the Misvot. He's very interested in explaining the Misvot and uh, telling you their purpose and so forth. So this is the Perek where he sets the guidelines for what he's going to do in the subsequent chapters in Moreh Nebuchim. So I want to, here, let me just give you the structure of the class. The structure of the class is to read half of this passage in Moreh Nebuchim to stop. When we stop to present uh, Yeshaya Leibowitz's uh, problem with it and his uh, subsequent solution, then to talk about all well, the difficulties with Leibowitz's uh, uh, presentation and suggestion, and to talk about Aviezer Ravitsky, who's, uh, well, we'll talk about their personnels in, uh, when we get there, and then to suggest something different by reading the rest of the Pedic. So that's, that's the plan, that's the structure of the class. So let's uh, start at the beginning of the Pedic. Kemoshin ehleku says Arambam at the onset. Anshe ha'iyun mi ba'aleh haddat ha'im ma'asav yit'ala tosa'a shil chokma osdam rason lo lebakasha takhlit kelal. This is the same way Anshe uh, Ayun, those who are scholars, those who think about matters and, and delve into matters. Same way they have mahluk, they have disputes and are unsure about the actions of God. Uh, in other words, there are those who claim that the actions of God are embedded in or driven by chokhmah, by some sort of intellect. And others say, no, it's rason habore. You can't peg God to chokhmah. Uh, it's just his will. And Harambam talked about this earlier, so he starts off this Perek by saying, well, I'm about to present to you something that's similar to that dispute. The same way there's a dispute about why does God act either because of Chokhmah or because of Rason, so too, Kach Nechleku, continues Harambam, Mahloket Zo Atzma Besivuyim Asher Sivalanu. So too, there's the exact same debate, not about the actions of God in history, but rather about the purpose for the Misvot. In other words, there are those who claim and say we should not and do not need to look for any purpose or reason for the commands of God. And that opinion would say, Why do we have misvot? What's the purpose of misvot? The will of God. God willed it. That's why we do it. Is there some purpose that we're going to be able to achieve? I don't know. V'yesh mishomer on the opposite end of the spectrum. Kikot sivuyev as hara mehem tosat chokma. Any sivui that God commanded us, any misvah, is the result, is the outcome of chokma, of uh, some uh, elaborate uh, intellectual underpinnings. Vehamatarabo tachlit misuyemet, and there's a specific purpose for it. Veshekol hamisvot kulan, and for every single one of the misvot, yesh lahem ta'am, have a purpose and have a reason. Ubiglal to'elet misuyemet sivabahen, and it's for a specific to'elet, for a specific matara, for a specific purpose or outcome that God commanded it. Ma shehem kulan yesh lahem ta'am, ve'en anu yodim ta'ameh miksatan, ve'lo neda' ofen ha'chokmah bahem. Continues Harambam. He says that camp again. We we set up extremes. We had one extreme 
just commanded because that was God's will. The other extreme, there's a purpose for each misvah, every single one. He continues and says, but wait a second, you're going to look at me and you're going to say, but I don't understand some of them. Yeah, you're not going to understand some of them. But it doesn't mean that there wasn't a purpose. It's not just Rason Habore. There are some you won't be able to understand. Zohi says, for example, Zohi shitatenu kulanu hahamonim v'hayechidim. And he says, and this is, to, to, in truth, he says, this is our approach. Our approach is that all the misfot have a reason for them. Velashon hakatuv bekach barur. He says, look at the psukim in the Torah. They're clear about that. That misfot have a purpose. How so? Hukim umishpatim sadikim. The Torah describes different types of commands. Hukim and mishpatim. They are both, says the pasuk in the Torah, sadikim. Sadikim lashon sedek. They're just. They're righteous. They have a purpose. Yes, Ami. It's difficult for me to, under, to, to understand that uh, the mitzvot uh, don't have. Uh, I mean, even if even if the first can, you know, you, you're saying that uh, don't uh, you know just rest on a bore. Right. But rest on a bore must have uh, some kind of uh, purpose. So how can you just uh, separate the two, like saying uh, either either one or the other? I mean, to me, I mean, the, even if you own. Uh, Naturally, understand them. You can't. You can't say this. At the end of the day, they're not Ritzuna Bure. I mean, it's, it's it's the same thing. You know, you can't imagine. Because you're thinking, I gotcha. Because you're thinking within the system. Because you're thinking within the system as we know it and as we understand it. But when Harambam talks about, for example, when he talks about creation and he presents such a camp, and when he talks about just all the actions, so the way he his perspective on the matter is, Chokma is confining. As you're going to confine God to the logic, to the intellect that we have in this world that exists, uh, you can't confine him. The most you can do, or the least, whatever, the only thing you can do is to say he's got his system and it's perfect. And you won't be able to comprehend it. It isn't driven by the same chokhmah as us. So you want to say it's purposeful, it's purposeful. But it's not purposeful in terms of our grasp in any way, shape, or form. But that's a hard argument. Because the chokhmah is intended for men. If the mitzvot are not for men, then what purpose is tzedek? Okay. Or, or even getting well, that's, angry. That's so his argument. Well, that's his argument. His argument against them. And he says, I mean, he's basically, you know, cluing them out of, of, of Judaism, of Torah and mitzvot. He says that the opinion of Hamonim and Yehidim is that all mitzvot have a purpose. Now, he will distinguish, of course, as we know right now, between hukim and mishpatim. But his distinction is very different than, you know, Rashi's distinction, than the uh, Ashkenazic French uh, approach to the distinction between these. I mean, that's the one, I speak on behalf of myself, that we were taught in school, right? We were taught in school that Hukim don't have reasons. We do them because they don't have reasons. We were commanded without any reasons, that you just do them because you were commanded to do so. Why did God tell you to do so? For no reason other than he told you to do so. Harambam will not have that. That's what they say. I but so they mean the Torah didn't give a reason. No, no. I, 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 I proved it. This is but, what many people I'm, have told I'm, me. I'm, if you I'm read in Perush Rashi al Torah, it's clear. It's clear that his approach, and there was long-standing tradition on this, that Hukim for a whole school of French and Ashkenazic thought was miswat that have no reason to them. At all. At all. Intellectual, not in the Torah. Right. So What's their purpose? What's their purpose? Oh, but that's not hard to understand. There's something to be said for just following something that doesn't uh, I happen. Think I want to go back to Avi's question because I think it's more critical. Uh, what he's saying like this, if you create the world without chokmah, we're not limiting Hashem with the chokmah. That's the first thing we have to do. But if 
you give men intellect and you want them to be creative, then there has to be some hukma and interaction. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you have to act as robot. And you become no different than the animal kingdom. Okay, so, so I'm telling you, you're fighting against this school of thought. He's probably referring to specific strands of the Mitukallam. You're not fighting against him. He's with no, you. No. I mean, that's his argument. So you're a strong man on this. So, how do you sustain the other uh, opinion? That's really to even consider it valid, to even bother to deal with it. Right. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he kills it. Throughout the book, he kills it. Um, to a certain extent, some suggest that, uh, you know, Ramhal in one or two places seems to be of such an opinion. So it's a completely separate conversation. It's a completely different debate. It's certainly not Maimonidean. I mean, and, it, and it has its own system and understanding. And their approach to it, to a certain extent, is that Chokmak will confine God. And you can understand it conceptually. Doesn't, it doesn't confine God. God, once he creates the universe and he creates physicality, right. then he created something that he deals with. Right. Okay. Yeah, because you're speaking like a Maimonidean, but you can hear, you couldn't Christ. hear, you couldn't hear the argument of someone telling you that God could, of course, create a three, a four-cornered triangle? You couldn't hear such an argument? No. Okay, so you're, you know, like like your son-in-law, strong Maimonidean on this, but I mean, there is... Once there he is such a, a side, he defined triangle as three sided, then he is going to be so severe de barab. So that's why you say we don't do that. Right. But the, the, the other part of, but the other flip side is in Torah, there's a there's this very strong tradition of God commanding things outside of the realm of, of logic or outside of the understanding of man. So whether it's lech lecha or akedat yitzchak or you know, telling Yaakov to go down to Egypt so that you can be a slave there, or whether it's in the Midbar, go here, go here, go here, go here. It's this sort of this external thing of I, I command and and you do, and you don't understand, and it's not for you to understand, and just trust that. that now, obviously, that's on a narrative, right? As opposed to sort of this, like you know, repeating uh, mitzvah. So it's a little bit harder to take it that way. Okay, right? but that, it's in Torah, it, this, and the fact that right, it's in Torah means of, it has some sort of ideal yeah. to it. But, but it's not beyond the realm of logic. It's just that you don't understand while he is uh, commanding you. But uh, after the fact that uh, you look at back, you look back at it, and you and you you find the after logic. After the fact, behind I can look it. back on anything and say, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it worked out all to the best. The but that's the point. There is a logic. If there was no logic, that's not a logic. That's a story that you're creating. That that makes it logical to Fine, your mind. Fine, but it's it's logic somehow in your human mind. <laughs> right. So hang on, hang on. This issue will be the crux of our debate. This issue will be the crux of our debate. I mean, this is what it's all about. I mean, that's what this whole pedic's about. And of course, I mean, that's that will be the core of everything we'll discuss. The validity to David's argument and the counter of Avi. I mean, that's what it'll all be about over here. So, anyway, so it continues. It quotes another pasuk in which it <coughs> seems to imply in which it seems to imply that all the misvot have purpose, have reason. And Arambam is well aware of the fact that there are something, there's a distinction between Hukim and Mishpatim. Truth is, Arambam talks about this distinction elsewhere. We talked about this on Shavuot three years ago, in uh, his Haktamat uh, Perkei Avot, in the sixth Perik of uh, Shemona Perakim, he does this uh, type of uh, uh, distinction over there as well, for a completely different reason. But anyway, he says over here, وَإِلَّا هَنِكْرَيْمْ حُكِيمْ كَيْغُونْ هَشَعَتْ نَيْزْ وَبَسَرْ بِحَلَاوْ وَزِعِيرْ هَمِشْتَلَيَحْ أَشَيْ دِبِرُوا عَلَيْهِمْ زَالْ وَأَمْرُوا So he lists three misvot, which the Chachamim in Talmud and elsewhere, in Pekedir Bili'ezer and elsewhere, talk about these three, in conjunction with others, that don't seem to have reasoning to them, 
בשר בחלב, סעירה משתלח, שעת נס, ואמרו, החכמים סייע בעתיז, זה קודם חוקים, דברים שחקקתי לך ואין לך רשות להרהר בהם. אז these are matters which I inscribed for you, God says, and you can't think about them all that much. והסתן מקטרג עליהם, and you have this inclination to turn away from them. ואומות העולם משיבים עליהם, and we're made fun of by people who don't have Torah, what type of things are you keeping? So again, so that Midrash Hachamim, which is very much a part of our tradition, that Chukim are distinct from Mishpatim, and Chukim are, Chukim shechakakti lecha, you can't and shouldn't think about them all that much. Wait a second, says Arambam, I just told you, Everything's chukim u'mishpatim sadikim. So how could it be? On the one hand, you tell me chukim, uh, you're not supposed to think about them. They don't have a reason. Or do they have a reason? Says Arambam, en hamon hachamim, says the majority of, of hachamim, do not think sovrim shem dvarim she'en haim ta'am kilal. Most people don't accept. Again, he does know. I mean, there's, there's been much debate in, in the past 10-15 years about how much access Harambam had to this French and, and German world and to this school of thought. And there's an increasing uh, uh, tendency amongst scholars to suggest that he had more than we uh, used to think he did. And I mean, he certainly did to Provence. I mean, in Egypt, he was in contact with, with rabbis who had moved there. You know, Rabbi Pinehas Dayan came from Provence. And he had other, so he had some, so he knows about this school of thought. He's generally not writing against that school of thought. It's not a threat to him. And it doesn't, he's writing against this uh, neo-Muslim, philosophical, Jewish uh, types of thought. I mean, specifically, uh, you know, the Geonim left this tradition in terms of, uh, of, of philosophy, which was very much in Harambam's mind, influenced by the Muslims in a negative way. And so that's what he's writing against. But so over here, I mean, to a certain extent, he's, he's doing that over here. He's not, but okay, as a result, he'll be responding to those others as well. He says the majority of people don't accept it that way. So rather, and most people don't think that there's no purpose for them. A little bit earlier, Harambam talked about the fact that if you accept that there's no reasoning, so you, you lose a, to a certain extent uh, validity to the system. This is the majority of Hachamim do accept, even Hukim have a reason. In other words, something that is purposeful. So what's the difference between Hukim and Mishpatim? What's the difference between Sha'atnez and, I don't know, Lulav? Right? He says, but the, the issue with Hukim is, it's difficult. We don't, we don't comprehend it. Not that it doesn't have a purpose for us. It's either because of our small intellect, our you know, finite capacities in intellect, or or because we haven't amassed enough intellect, because we haven't experienced enough, we haven't been around enough to learn enough about it. And those are both shortcomings in terms of our understanding of Hukim. Understandably so. In other words, uh, on the one hand, we might not be smart enough. We might not be thinking straight enough. That might be why we don't understand it. Alternatively, we may have not experienced something that would help us understand and, and flesh out the purpose for this hook. But if you did experience it, if you went through it, if humanity, if history went through it, we'd then be able to point to that and say we understand it. So it means the uh, development of the world, development of our minds, helps us understand Hokim. 
which again is a fascinating thought if you take a step back and think about Jewish tradition on this matter. I mean, generally speaking, there's many Ma'amare Hazal who talk about the Katnuta Dorot as time goes on, we go down in our understanding and grasp of. Of, of matters. Uh, David will argue time and again, it's, you know, come on, you know, we have iPhones today, we have access to all sorts of uh, knowledge and, and so forth, and of course it'll have to do with the approach, have to do with understanding and all that sort of matter, but Harambam with this introduces something even more, he says, well look at development and progress of mankind and of the world, <coughs> that will help us understand Torah better. Can you, As you, yeah, go ahead. Can you touch on Kavana also here? Because it seems like just the return of Hashem is all the Kavana I need here because you're not going to understand. And on these matters. On any on matters. Hukim. No, uh, what do you mean? One? See, okay, so uh, I'm not... He, Harambam is going to tell you, I'm going to give you several dozen chapters now and I'm going to explain to you what's the reason behind these misfits. No, no, so again, so don't like, just do it with Kavanah. You no, know. no, but, but what's Kavanah mean? Do I have to understand the reason when I'm doing it? If I'm shaking Lulab. Okay, you want I, a halachic perspective on misfits Rikhot Kavanah? No. From a halachic perspective, you need to think, this is how we go, you have to know that I am performing this mitzvah. You don't need to know the philosophical so, underpinnings. Which is a very strong argument against Rabban for the first ones. Is I don't think so. Um, because I don't think it touches on this. In other words, that's in terms of performance. It's not in terms of uh, command. Why were we commanded it? For X, Y, and Z reasons. As you perform it, do you need to realize what's happening to you uh, as a result of it? No, not necessarily. Just the argument, right. the, arg- the argument would be that the, that eventually, if you keep doing it, you'll come to it <coughs> It'll have that impact on or you. Or even if you don't come to it, subconsciously, you'll come to it. It'll change you. If you never come to understand it, you're not going to appreciate it. Come on. It we raise world. our children and we set guidelines for them all the time, which they don't understand why we're setting those guidelines. But we hope, and if you're successful, you do imbue in them proper mm-hmm. morals, ethics, and approaches to if the world without them realizing what you were doing. They know they're listening to mommy and daddy. In reality, what's happening to them is they're changing as human beings. And you always have some kids who mommy and daddy aren't there, go and do whatever. They have other no. kids who understand. It's okay, but, understood. But, but the point is, is even as a teacher, you would say the better ways to deal with them on what the real underpinning. I think it's arguable. I think it's and arguable. Then, I think it's arguable. I, I think there's there's plenty to be said for not that. And once you reveal it, uh, sometimes you lose in terms of that respect because people will think they can outsmart the system. It's you know it's open to debate. I mean, it'll be a question in the Torah. Why are some misfot nitgalat? in Mikra, if you open to the Psukim, Torah tells you why, and other ones not, you'll have to trace your way back to this, to accepting that God said on certain matters, I think the Hachamim need to figure it out, on other matters, it's better that they all know it, I think it depends on the situation, depends on the command. Anyway, continues on, so that's his principle over here. He says, says, according to the Hamon Chachamim, which again he falls into this camp, he says, they have every mitzvah has a reason. He says, social, communal uh, matters, political matters, like uh, the murder and, and stealing, thievery. So that's clear. We know exactly. You won't be able to sustain society with those sivuyim. It's not hard to figure those out. However, and then there are those which are harder to comprehend why we commit. So, Allah, the first three years, you can't eat from a fruit tree. And Kile Hakerim, you're not allowed to, you know, uh, what's it called? Cross pollinate? What's, what's the word? Cross, cross pollinate. Cross pollinate. Graft, graft, well, graft is a little bit. Yeah, same idea. Right? You're not allowed to do that. That's a, so it's, it's hard to understand those. 
we could open up a philosophical so, discourse about them, but he says, ultimately speaking, it's more difficult to comprehend them, but they have a purpose, as Adam. Go ahead. So for the camp that believes that there is no Ta'ami Mitzvot, or that it's yes. when it comes to a Lotik Nov or a Lotik Tzav or something like that. You don't that, know the answer to this? What are they? Oh, you don't know the answer? So, I mean, this is the answer I know. The answer I know is that, um, that they say it in the yeshivas from Reb Chaim Salvechik, who says that the Zohar says, Istakil be'oraita ubara alma. The Zohar says that God, quote unquote, looked into the Torah, peered into the Torah, and he built the world in its complexion, which is not meant to be taken literally, but it's supposed to be taken conceptually and philosophically. And the, the way he suggested was, and this is a, there's a large school of thought that accepts this today, is that if God willed it, that the world would exist, you're going to kill me on this, but this is, if the world would exist with thievery and murder being the norm, then it would be. But you can't understand that, you can't comprehend that, it's because he didn't build the world that way. Uh, why didn't he build the world that way? Because that was Chokmato, that's Torah. So the argument again of the other camp would be, uh, you really, you're, you're turning God into someone, uh, to a being who's confined by the realities of this world? He'd build a completely different reality. You can't understand it, so you can't understand it. But that is a reality. That's why God had to put laws not to do it. That's and that's why Sodom was destroyed. Understood, but that's because we're in this world that operates the way that it operates. But if he wanted, if he had a different lesson, he could have built a world which operated completely differently. And as such, to say that I understand the logical underpinnings of Rezah is confining God to the reality that he created. Continues on Bamu so says, yeah, I mean, it's all a matter of rationalization because when you talk about war or you talk about, um, how you say, you know, when you, when you kill someone that kills someone else, I mean, you always, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you are rationalizing killing and that becomes okay to you. Right. So I don't know what, if you're reacting to things I've sent you to read or things I've written, but I, I do struggle with that as well. And I, I, I wonder if, um, you know, I've, I've been killed by, by, your, by your neighbor over here uh, for my thoughts on this. But there are, you know, there, there's, there are two extremes to this, right? I, I can build two extremes on this. On the one hand, there's an extreme. Zohar uh, was quoted to me by Rabbi Eliyach once. Zohar is Doresh, the Derashah I'm going to leave out because I don't want us to get stuck on the Derashah, but the Zohar seems to suggest that in an ideal world there would be no murder whatsoever, not even capital punishment murder. It would not exist. And that's the ideal. And the concession for mankind is that murder in specific circumstances is allowed. That's one approach to the matter. The other approach to the matter, the other extreme is, why do we keep saying that murder, this is similar to what you're saying, murder is so evil. I mean, how are we going to define something that's evil or something that's righteous? Probably by the norms of the world. But what if the world is, you'd have to argue about whether this is reality or not, if the world is such that counter-terrorism is the norm, and we have to counter it, are you now going to say that murder is still bad and those are the exceptions to the rule, or does that become the norm? So I got you. I mean, uh, it's a philosophical question, which I'm not sure we'll ever be able to, to resolve, but I've been always intrigued about this. Keep in mind, the Torah, only after the Mabu Noah has shofech ba'adam damo yishafech. The command, you know, of Sheva Misvot ben Enoch, not to murder and then being put to death as a result of it, is only after Noah. Why didn't it come beforehand? 
it seems, I mean, that's what I, I, I wrote about this earlier this year, it seems, I mean, in my mind, that, that I, and I told this to Rabbi Eliach when he, when he told me about this Zohar, it's, uh, you know, seems very much as if, like, this wasn't necessarily something in an ideal world that would have existed. We would have had no murder whatsoever. It's similar to Rav Kook, and not only Rav Kook, as they quoted from Haizkuni and others, Forno, whatever, uh, about how we would have conquered Israel. Had we not sinned in the Midbar and messed things up, would have had this peaceful entrance. Because the ideal, even in wars on that opposite extreme, is it would have been done without fighting and without without killing. Anyhow, so says Harambam, and to, to conclude this, and then to you know just move a little bit forward. Is this, so how am I going to distinguish? Mishpatim are the ones that everyone knows, everyone understands. Those are the ones the masses get: murder, stealing, so and so forth. Uh, and the ones that the masses have more difficulty comprehending, those are the hukim. And constantly the hachamim have this refrain. I mean, he says tamid, several midrashim to this effect. Pasuk in the Torah says the Torah is not rek. It's not empty. And if you do find it to be empty, mikem, right? The Pasuk in the Torah says, mikem. It's not empty from you. The derashav the hachamim is if you find it to be empty, if you can't find it, that's mikem. That's because of your your uh, lack of uh, intellectual capacity. Right, so that's that's the uh, statement. Harambam continues. He throws several other midrashim into the fold on this. He continues as ukvari adata hadavar mifursam etzlena kishlomo no dulo ta'ame kol hamisvot prat lefara aduma. This is the midrash says that shilomo comprehended six hundred twelve mitzvot. I mean, if you're gonna count six thirteen, right? Except for para aduma. Uh, why para aduma? Why the hachamim had that as the example? Uh, forgot about it. What's that? Uh, this week's parasha, oh, it's perfect. But I'm not going to explain to you why para aduma, although I do have theories on it. But anyway, Shalomo was able to come, what do you mean he was able to come? Shadnez, Basab so forth. Says Arambam, pay careful attention to Divrei Hachamim. They said he understood it all. I mean, it's, it's about that pasuk, in, in Kohelet, that it says that, um, that Shalomo tried to comprehend it, but he couldn't get to it. That was a refrain of one of the Rashi Yeshiva I had. Anytime you'd ask him a question, and he was very into teaching us, Rabbi Ilson was very into teaching us to say, I don't know, constantly. You don't know the answer? Stop pretending you know it. Stop pretending you're going to make something up. Just say, That's what he used to say all the time. So anyway, so to, so, I mean, ironically, the Midrash says that Shilom only said it about one mitzvah. I mean, he, he seemed to comprehend everything else. Okay, but he, he didn't have that one. So Harambam, is, uh, I'll just skip three maybe lines we, here. Maybe we Go can ahead. find Chok wrong. 100% says Harambam, you are misdefining Hulk. That's his point. He says Hulk is hard to understand. Maybe impossible for the average guy or even for the above average guy. But it's not that it doesn't have a reasoning. And it's not that you won't be able to get to it. And it's not that humanity as a whole might not, you know, in other words, maybe Paraduma will take uh, several thousand. Maybe the reason Shilomo, I mean, if this would be a strand of thought, if you could explain it, Shilomo couldn't get it because society hadn't developed to the point where you could appreciate and understand Paraduma and all of its laws. But uh, maybe you'd be able to today. 
And it doesn't mean Shalomo was less smart. It means he didn't have access to these same realities. But he's saying that each mitzvah has its own time. He's 100%. not saying that there's a group of mitzvahs that are he there will that we then, don't understand. He will, no. Just he will then group together in subsequent perakim, even at the end he starts it, he groups together mitzvah and he says, I'm going to group them and tell you these are these types and those types. But each one's got its own specific you know, target. We do it for form the context of Siddiq being just? Okay, that's the question. I don't know the answer. That's why the Chachamim say it's called a hawk. That's no, why no, the no, Torah no. calls it a hawk. Yeah. The word Siddiq itself, I'm not saying that we understand the reason. Forget about the reason. Harambabis, You're not talking about a I got you. Siddiq, I guess, is a little broader. And Siddiq means it has it's purposeful. You know, in other words, righteous because he's doing something righteous to you by giving you a purposeful thing to do. I think that's why he defines Siddiq. Anyway, he concludes here, and, uh, you know, after footnote 13. Thank you. See you. Okay, so that's his statement. The statement here is about distinguishing between Hukim Mishpatim, even Hukim of reasoning. So this is that Perik here in Morei Nebuchim where he sets forth what's probably the most famous thing about his Ta'amei Amisot, they all have reasoning, even Hukim and so forth. So Yeshaya Leibowitz, who was this... Uh, eminent thinker, right? So he was uh, okay. You want to? That's his credit. Her credit. Based on his yichus, he has his own yichus also. Anyways, he has this book uh, in English. It's called The Faith of Maimonides, and it's it's one of these books that well, you can see from you know. I didn't. It's not because I read it so much. It's because it's the only way to buy it these days. Uh, you know, it's not published. It's not published for a reason. Is because his you know he was he was this great thinker. But he had this tendency of saying that everyone agrees with his school of thought, which maybe everyone does to a certain extent. But, you know, when you do it to the extent that he did it, so he lost a lot of validity in terms of some of his thought. So he takes Harambam and he tried to, and this is the biggest critique of this book and every time he really deals with Harambam, to fit him to his system. His system, I'm not going to spend much time, but you'll get a little bit of a flavor of it from, from what he does in this uh, specific matter. So on this Perik, so he kind of takes a step back and he says, listen, I get it. I get it. Harambam's going to spend 25 plus chapters in Moreno Bukhim telling you the reasoning for the Misvot. He says, but you know something? He also talks about something else. Not in Moreno Bukhim. In two other places, three other places, he talks about the distinction between Ha'osek misvot Lishma and Shelo Lishma. It's at the conclusion of Hilchot Teshuvah, which we did earlier this year, in Perik Yod Hilchot Teshuvah, where Harambam talks about Ha'oved Me'ahava. This is someone who worships God from, quote, love, from Ahava. What is an Oved Me'ahava? Says Harambam in Perik Yod, what is it? Havacha Gimal, or Bet. Ha'oved Me'ahava, Osek, Baturah, Miswot, someone who worships through love, uh, quote, unquote, he's... He's uh, he's uh, busying himself with Torah mitzvot ve'olech bin tivot ha'chokmah. No mipnei davar ba'olan. You don't have any purpose for doing no mitzvot in Torah. Lo mipnei yirat hara'ah ve'lo kidei lirash ha'tova. It's not because you don't want bad. It's not talking about punishment. Evil. Not for positive. That's not why you're doing it. So why, okay, so then why am I? You're doing it because that's the right thing. And you know, and you should know, well, ultimately speaking, well, the positive will come by me following Torah Mitzvot. And he continues, he says, this is not a simple speed. It's Ma'alat Abraham Avinu. And he continues in, in this Perik and uh, talks more and more about this concept. He writes about this in his Hakdamat Perik Helek. That's where he, uh, that's his Hakdamat, his 10th Perik in, in Masechet Sanhedrin. And that's where he develops it a little bit further. And he gives that Mashal. 
about uh, a person who wants to teach a child how to, uh, or not how to, to study. And he wants him to study, so when he's a child, when he's a really young child, uh, so he's a toddler, so you'll give him figs and nuts in order to interest him in, in, in learning. Um, you know, again, I say it all the time, hazat onto the kids in those days, if that's what got them, or maybe, you know, ashrehim, if that's what got them going. And then when they get a little bit older, so you'll interest them with uh, shoes and clothing, I think is his next example. I think he goes another step, I didn't check it, that talks about that, giving money afterwards, and then he says, you hope that at the end of this process, and again, he's not just talking about Torah, he's talking about Mitzvot, he's talking about, he's just giving you this as his mashal, they come to just loving it and doing it from love, from Ahavat and so forth, that is the ultimate goal. Says Yeshaya Leibowitz, how does this all connect to 25 chapters of Chalik Gimal of Morei you just told me, and you are telling me, at great length, that mitzvot have purpose. They have reason. What's the reasoning? To perfect you. Time and again, it's repeated. This is for that reason. That's for that reason. Hukim have reason. But that's not why I should be fulfilling the mitzvot. I'm supposed to be fulfilling the mitzvot because it's emet. Because God told me to do it. Because I know it's emet without understanding, without knowing, without even thinking about the fact that it's going to change me. Says Yeshaya Leibowitz, how do you explain that discrepancy? Which one is it? Why are you expending so much energy, spending so much time explaining the purpose for the misvot, what it's going to do to you, if that's not why you're supposed to be performing misvot? Says Yeshaya Leibowitz at the conclusion of this question, 25 plus chapters in Moreh Nebuchim are all quote-unquote bedi'adad. So that's all getting you ready. So all this discussion of Arambam that the Mitzvot have reason, that's when you didn't read Shema'alat Abraham Avinu. That's, you know, you're supposed to be striving for Oved Me'ahava, for Oved Lishma, Osek Patura Mitzvot Lishma. But, uh, you know, we're going to be a little realistic. We'll tell you what you're going to get out of it until you get there. That's his approach to the matter. In other words, he took a large chunk, a third of Moreh Nebuchim, and just minimized its, 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 its effect. This is why are you doing all this? To maximize, your, to maximize your intellectual capacity, to strip away all of those distractions, to bring you to contemplating and thinking about the proper matter, which is knowledge of God, to bring you to growth in your connection to God through understanding Him better. Everything, these, all these reasoning is supposed to bring you there, and then, and here's the paradoxical spin on it a little bit, so, and then what happens? So let's say you reach Ma'alat Avraham Avinu. Let's say you got it. I mean, Arambam says you won't. But okay, let's say you got it. Then what happens? So then antinomian society. Then do away with Halakha. Then no more Torah Misvot. That's your question. That's I'm, ask, I'm asking. He asks this question himself in, in this okay. chapter here. In this what uh, the answer? He answers. He says, no. Here's, here's how. I mean, in my, uh, you, you understand the way I'm smiling because I, I, I think the whole thing's crazy. But anyway, he says, okay, when you get there... You still do the misvot, but now you do them for the proper purpose. What's that? Because God commanded me. <laughs> My goodness. So he really just did to Harambam. I mean, he flipped him on his face, turned everything he says into just your lead up, but he keeps the misvot, which Harambam seems to be smashing such an approach of, you know, just following because it's... So that's, that's Yeshaya Leibowitz's approach to the matter. No, Yeshaya Leibowitz got... I'm not the first. I'm, not going to be the last to beat him up for this. I, it's a difficult approach. The Moreh Nebuchim, if, if we've 
done anything in our whatever years learning it, we've proven or stressed that the system of Torah, the system of this world for Harambam, is man-centrist to a certain extent. Yes, there are reasons for it, but it's for man, and it's perfecting man. I mean, this is going to be at strong odds to such a conception. It's not about man. It's about God. Misfot are about God. It's about performing them not to perfect me. It's to perfect me in order to come to that. But it's all kind of a bidi'avad. It's all kind of, you know, I'm just getting you there. No, but that's not what it's saying. It's saying that the ultimate way to serve God is by fulfilling your full potential. That if God set up this this game, right, with, 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 with your, you know, having certain urges, certain powers, certain tools, certain everything like that, and you... And, the, uh, and his hope is that you reach your full potential and you drive the world into that certain direction, then it's out of ahava that you say, I'm going to reach my, my most potential. I'm not going to sit and play video games all day and get stoned. So, I got it. I'm so going to go and I'm going so to be a partner I, in, in the so, world. See, here's the ad absurdum, right? The ad absurdum is, he, not ad absurdum, it, it, just, it is absurd, I think. Maybe not. Maybe not. No, really, maybe not. It just sounds absurd to me. So he created this world in which we'll never maximize. We'll never come to that, right? And Harambam says, and I'll spend a lot of time explaining it to you because you find yourself in this unideal world, but I'll at the same time tell you, but strive for more, but you'll never get there. I mean, this is all, but, but all of this is like, and, and, and he has a big deal about mitzvot, 613 mitzvot, and I'll tell you the reasoning, and I'll group them, and I'll this, and I'll that, mitzvot, but ultimately speaking, Maybe you're thinking about two so now, level. if you get there to 99%, then you're at, you're running at 99% of your capacity. And I, I don't know if you're, you're accomplishing I, is 99% that the way it works? of your... Words, can you get to 99% and you're 99% Oved Me'ehava? I don't, it's hard for me to, uh, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, that's uh, Leibowitz's approach. Yeah, that's right. No, I, mean, I, have, I understand how I'm different. different Go ahead. When he wrote uh, Yeah. his intention was to record the Raha Khamim as far as Mizwot. True. The Ma'asif or the Hamon Am. Right, right, right. The Mohina Mukhim was not his philosophy. He incorporated a slight philosophy to have to keep it out where he can, where he yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was criticized. Why right. you include philosophy? Right, 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 right. So when he comes here, He's not trying to separate them. He wants you to put them together. I agree. And he's saying, yes, Good. this is the objective. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy you took that approach here, because yeah. you know, otherwise we have more to repair, yeah? No, no, yeah. <laughs> saying, this is the objective. And that, yes, you can achieve it many ways to get to the Ahaba, but now Hashem told you to do it that way. And therefore, you have no other way to accomplish it except for Mitzvot. He said that before, I think. I, he does to a certain extent. My, own, my only problem again with it is so the Torah. And, and when it it's kind of. Purpose, it's kind it of. It's purpose. When you get there. It's, just, it's, it's kind of building a system that seems to run contrary. I mean, it's, it's not just that we're in an unideal and working toward an ideal, it's that it's all about this unideal. There's so much stress and so much focus on what is the purpose for misvot, and it's what you're supposed to busy yourself with and contemplation of, when in reality it's far from it's the opposite of where you're supposed to be. Opposite. You're not supposed to be focused on yourself. You're supposed to be focused fully on God. Yeah, uh, it could be. Conceptually, you can start there. Yeah. So you start he, somewhere else. Twenty-five chapters in Moren Muhim on something that you're just starting and. And he doesn't even give you such, I mean, he doesn't even, he needs to conclude Moren of Uchim on this. Yes, I know about Perek Nunbet and Nungimah, but uh, he doesn't really do that even there, even though he starts getting very religious. He doesn't really do that. He doesn't turn this into like a means toward. 
Anyway, Aviezer Avitsky, who's, who's still alive, who's this, uh, this thinker in, in Israel today and uh, is a f- Jewish philosopher, um, so I, to the best of my knowledge, he hasn't written this, uh, but it was, uh, uh, it was written by his student, uh, Micha Goodman. Uh, he uh, gives a different approach to this uh, dilemma, to this issue. Um, he starts with Leibowitz and, and he deals with the issues, and then his, his approach to this matter is, uh, Le Mashal, this is the way Goodman gives it, he gives it with a Mashal or two. He says, uh, let's say uh, you go to university, you go to college, and uh, so why are you in college? Well, uh, to get a diploma. So yeah, so you're there to get a diploma, but what's the purpose of university? The purpose of university is to educate you. It's for you to expand your horizon, your intellectual horizon. It's for you to learn more. So he distinguishes between motivation and purpose. Uh, So his basic understanding over here is, uh, just to put it into our terms now, it's a little bit, in my mind, counterintuitive, and I'll explain how, but here's how he says, he says, listen, your motivation in performing the misvot is supposed to be me'ahava. That's supposed to be your motivation. But what are you performing in the misvot? For yourself. So again, in my mind, it just, it seems a little backwards, right? Because when you're in university, for example, if you give any of these sorts of examples, when you give uh, a motivation to a child or to a student, so the motivation, the motivating, uh, you know, is, 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 the, is the not real reason. In other words, I'm motivating you by telling you, you'll get the diploma if you go through this. But in reality, what do I want? This. I want you to be learning more. I want you to be understanding more. Over here, it's really, you know, the motivation is supposed to be what you get to, where you're supposed to be. And what are you performing? Well, you happen to be performing it for yourself. It just it, it seems a little backwards to me. Again, his approach to the matter is your motivation is supposed to be lishma, avodah me'ahava. What are you performing when you do the misvot? You're not doing that. You're doing things for yourself. Uh, so which one's the real quote unquote? What what is it? I mean, if if the point is your motivation of doing it me'ahava, so why are the misvot affecting you in any way? I mean, just to strip that. Well, it's motivation. If the motivation is my ikar. So then what's the point? It's just like a bonus? Like God just throws you a bonus on, on misvot uh, having uh, something in effect here? Yeah. At least the way oh. we presented it, Go ahead. the Rambam seems to be dealing with the theology, meaning how God relates to the world, how God relates to nature, how God relates to the mitzvot. So God creates this system yes. where there are purposes to the mitzvot. However, the way humanity is supposed to perceive it in, perfor- in pursuit of performance of those mitzvot should be relating to God. Just as God's relating to humanity, humanity relates back to God. Right. So we should strive for that relationship more than we should strive for whatever benefit we're going to be getting from Aradma. Right. I'm just my only question so is so why didn't it go in the opposite because why didn't it go the opposite direction? From Bob. If, if the system. In other words, why doesn't the system work like this? Your performance is the Ika. And that's what's going to get you uh, Lishma. My motivation for you is that you do it because it'll it'll help you. That, that's the opposite. That, that, that's what are you actually doing? What are you actually doing? So Haram, but what would Harambam answer you when you perform a mitzvah? What are you actually doing? You're relating to Bura Alam. No, it's not what he's telling you. He's telling no, you you are changing yourself. You're, you're supposed to do it the perspective of a relationship to God. Yes. But that's not. I mean, that's what you can you can perform. But the you're, mitzvot themselves. No, it's are, what's functionally happening is the is the, is the perfection. But what the way you're supposed to approach it is a relationship with Bura Alam. 
But what's mechanically happening I got it. Uh, is so you're perfecting yourself. But that shouldn't be the purpose in which you carry yourself. In why are they? Why, I, I, why are they different? If you perfect yourself, you're basically entering into a higher level relationship with God. That's the only way you could get there. So you're not you're not doing it, let's say, for yourself. You're doing it for that relationship. Otherwise, it wouldn't make a difference. So, I'm in a different so that's your perspective on the matter, right? That's Ravitsky's approach. Yeah. I'm just my my only problem is like, is is coupling the two together. It's like going to to a baseball game with your son. So what's the benefit of the baseball game? The benefit of the baseball game is that you guys get to bond. You sit next to each other. You experience the thing together. Right. And all those things are the reasons for the mitzvah. Right. At the end of the day, why does the father take his child to the baseball game for the relationship with his son? Right? Like the, all the mechanics and specifics of why he's going to that baseball game and why it's going to be exciting because the, the Yankees are playing the Mets and whatever, and he happens to be a fan of both But, but again, so how did you motivate the child to go? Well, how did you motivate the child to go? You motivated, you told the motive for the child to go to the game the was game. because it's the Yankee Mets game. At the end of the day, now, what you're hoping to accomplish is the fundamental part of your relationship. So, over here, what's the motivation? The motivation, though, is the avodah me'ahava. So I'm just—it's flipped fun. over here. It's, it's flipped over here. It's not. So to use your loves his father. Yeah. To use your metaphor, let's say the college, right? Yes. If you go to college and your motivation is to Good. get yeah. is to get the diploma, right? So what do you take? You take jock math. You take the the dumb science. You take the all the you know all the easy classes yeah. so you can get what they call the Mickey classes. You can get the A plus. You get your diploma, eh, I have a 4.0 GPA, I learned absolutely nothing, right? right? So if your motivation Sounds is... Sounds like my college experience. Right? Yeah. So if your motivation is a... <laughs> Sorry, man. Is a yeah. short-term <laughs> is a short-term one, then... You better in graduate school. Then, then you don't... Then you don't... It, it corrupts your, your actions. So if your motivation was to improve myself, to improve myself, to improve myself, so then I look at the Torah, and I say, okay, which one's improved me? Fasar v'chalab doesn't improve me. But uh, Duma doesn't improve me. Oh, Siddiq and Mishpat, that improves me. Okay, Lotignov, that improves me, right? But if you make it a lo- if you make it a longer term thing, if you make the motivation something that's bigger than that, you make the motivation of doing something out of Ahavat Hashem, then it makes all of those other things fit into the back, system. Back somehow. into the system, and in the meantime, in ways that you don't realize, you're okay. subconsciously. Okay. All right. So the Yankee Met game too. Your son will just end I got up going it. to Yankee Met game, but without you. I got it. Oh, and you know something. I, so let, let's let's have it I, again. I, you know, if I'm not reflecting, if I'm not, maybe I am, and you still disagree. But regardless, so that's the second approach here in, in terms in terms of resolving this issue. I want to just by reading the rest of the panic, and again, it, it, it might only complement them. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, it's very important to. For me, Rambam, when he's writing Morin Bukhim and, and his Hashkafa, it, it's not for the masses. We're trying to explain it as for the masses. I don't think he's saying that. He's saying it's for one in a million or ten million. Right. And But for everyone else, yeah, you can get, you're not going to get to the top of the ladder, but as much as you climb, it's better than nothing. And even though he didn't, Shalom uh, Shalom doesn't have a reason for he implied the reason himself, saying, you need to create an environment for that one. Right. And those misvotes create, that guy cannot exist in the desert, he needs 10,000 people around him, right. and they have to be in a certain state for him to achieve. Right. So so it, it's, it's very elitist. Right. Understood. It's discouraging to say it to some, most people, so you right. don't want to say it so loud. But no, no, that's okay. Listen, Ravitsky is against to a certain extent this approach that's Ravitsky's big one of his big missions in life one of his big missions is to say that Harambam has levels and that he's not only elitist um, and uh, 
you know, whatever. That, that's, that's a big part of what he does. It's, it goes counter to a lot of the scholarship on Harambam. Um, but yeah, okay, I mean, regardless... So I mean, everybody I, gets the benefits from, from this. It, it, okay. it, it, it wants to, how are you going to have all with Hamikdash? You know, have, you know how you're going to have all? You have to make the Bilal before you go. When you get inside, you have to wash again. When you do this, how do you have to have Tum'an Tahara? It's all to create all, to create certain perspective, yeah. certain state of mind. So therefore, he gave you already back door, implied a lot. So he said a lot without saying too many words. Okay. Point taken. Point taken. Anyway, so Harambam here in in the Hemshech of this Beirik, in the continuation, he then goes on to, and maybe it's less known, but in my mind, just as fundamental, if not more, to continue on his explanation of the Misvot. This we've in the past stressed a a bunch. It says, Ela, so I'm right on top of footnote 14 in the text. She'ani masati lashon hachamim zal bivreshit rabbah. So he says, uh, at the onset, he says, now, but I found a statement from the hachamim in Midrash Rabbah. Midrash Rabbah is uh, Emoraim are mentioned in it. So you're dealing with uh, the rabbis mentioned in the time of Gemara. Rambam knew, and we know even more so, that it was written after time of Gemara. So you're dealing with late literature in this in this respect. A. So uh, just to understand what, why I'm building this is Rambam is about to present a Midrash, which is going to change significantly everything he just told you. And he's basing it on one midrash in Bereshit Rabbah. He continues, It seems from this midrash that there are some misvot, at the very least, that don't have a reason. Uh, why do we do them? Because of the sivui. And there's no other purpose connected and attached to, to those misfot. And there's no realistic purpose. And how he's going to cite the Midrash. Now again, so he's telling you a Midrash which uh, is going to slam everything he just built in his philosophical system. Now if, you, if you're a Moren Vuchim guy, so you know Harambam doesn't usually get phased by these types of things. For example, when he talks about Shilua Hakan, uh, in different contexts, so he cites this Mishnah, which he codifies in Mishneh Torah. Right? The, the, the Gemara Masech Berachot says that anyone who says, it's a Mishnah, and then the Gemara explains, anyone who says, Al-Kan Sipor Yagiyu Rahamecha, it says about God in, in prayer, it says, your mercy should be like the mercy that we have to the birds when we send them away in Shiloh Hakan, Meshatekinot, or you keep them quiet. And the Gemara explains, what's the reasoning for that? Because he's Oseet Midotav Shal HaKadosh Baruch Hu Rahmaniyot, and because you're turning God into someone who commands things with a merciful reason. But that's not the reality. Misvot are just to do the Misvot. So Rambam's met by that Midrash, similar to this one, and he says, you want to know that Midrash? Yeah, it's one camp of thought. That's the wrong th- camp of thought. Don't get phased by that. It's one Midrash, Hachamim. We have different uh, we have d- different statements in the Hachamim. There's always different strands in thought. So now you expect him to do that. He's about to quote a Midrash. You expect him to dismiss it. What's more, this Midrash that we're about to read, Ramban Nachmaninus Perush al Torah, it defends Rambam with it with a very simple interpretation. So why doesn't Rambam do that? He's going to accept this Midrash, He's going to change our understanding of it, but he's going to change his whole system. It seems as if Harambam has a motivation over here. And the motivation is his outcome on this. And the motivation will be his understanding of a fundamental when it comes to Misvot, which he found reflected in this obscure Midrash. What's the Midrash? The Midrash says, he says, um, he cites it. Does God really care about the difference between someone who slaughters the animal from the 
neck, the front of the neck, or the back of the neck. Heve Omer, the Midrash says, I, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why we have a Sivui in the Torah to do it from the front. The purpose of the Mitzvot is to purify mankind. That's, that's the Midrash. So it's a startling Midrash. There's no difference. Why is he commanding you to slaughter in the front? To purify you. Right? To purify you. Says Arambam, well, it sounds like because there's no purpose, just to fulfill his command. Continues Arambam, that's a key line as well. He says, This is a very strange wording of the Midrash. And you don't find anything similar in Divrei Hachamim. So we're expecting him now to throw it out, to toss it out, and to say, Listen, it's not authentic. It's not a genuine Midrash. If it is, it's some uh, strand group. This is not the norm. He says, no. He says, I have a fundamental that I could bring forth from it. I'm going to tell you it. He says, I'm going to give you an approach that will not veer from the approach, which is said is the majority approach. That every mitzvah has a specific purpose. As he said earlier. And so forth. Now, right underneath footnote 18. The general concept of each mitzvah has a purpose. And there was a purpose for which the general mitzvah was commanded. But the details of the misvot, how to slaughter, not the concept of slaughtering as opposed to shooting, that doesn't necessarily have reasoning. Harambam continues and says this midrash is not exactly, uh, per, uh, uh, you know, fully uh, formulated properly because when it comes to shahita, it makes sense to do it in the front as opposed to in the back in terms of making it swift. But he says, I'll give you an example. Why six animals instead of seven animals for that korban? Why a kevis instead of an ez? Why a se'ir instead of a para? Says Harambam, details. Details don't necessarily have reasoning. It's a startling statement for a person who's attributing reasoning to everything. Harambam continues and he says, he says and don't get so overworked about this. He says this toward the end of the period. He says, don't get so overworked about this because, you know, you could get overworked if you told me, I tell you there's seven cows that need to be brought. And you ask me, why seven? So that's what God said. Why did he pick seven? I don't know. And so says Harambam, do you have something better? You have a reason why he should have commanded six? Well, that's a fundamental in terms of his philosophy, which Chaim Salavechik borrowed as well. And that is, um, it's, it's, it's a logical statement more than, more than a philosophical statement. You ask me why this is so, and also uh, Kapach gives the following example in the footnote uh, 26. He says there are two cups of water on the table. They're both full and they're both identical. And I picked up this one. He said, why'd you pick up that one? Should I have picked up this one? Do you have a reasoning why I should have picked it? If you don't have a reason why I should have picked up the other one, so I just picked up this. There doesn't have to be a reason for it. Says Harambam in turn, and this is his system over here, says the details of the misvot, what is their purpose? Sibui <coughs> habore. What do you mean? I thought everything, yeah, the general concept of all 613 has a purposeful content and intent to it. But it says the, the, the details that go into them, 
Sivui Habore, which is a fascinating statement. Uh, Chaim Navon, I recall, gives the following uh, mashal. He says that if you're in the army, so he says universal, or at least Israeli law, is that when you're commanded to start marching, you have to raise your right foot before your left foot. And if you don't, you're incarcerated and you're punished and so forth. What's that? In the army? Yes, in tire shoes as well. So why? Is there a reason? There's no reason. It's because you're part of the system. That's the way it works. You'll be punished, you'll be punished. But what's the reason? Because that's the way the system works. In other words, in short, Harambam found room for, quote, hukim, the traditional approach to hukim, the no purpose for that, re- for that uh, command within his system of logic. He says the general concepts all have reason. The details don't necessarily, they might sometimes, but they don't necessarily and generally don't. So in turn, if we're going to inflect, if we're going to reflect on uh, Yeshaya Leibowitz's question, here's my, uh, my you know, beginning of a, of a response to it, a beginning of an approach to it. Here's how it works. There is lots to be said for Avodah Me'ahava. It is what we're supposed to be striving for. But give me a break. Harambam's telling you, all the Miswata, these reasoning, practical reasoning, putting man at the front, that's half of the mitzvah. That's half of each mitzvah. Half of each mitzvah, the concept is supposed to affect you. It's supposed to change you. It's supposed to engender within you specific traits and so forth. But the, uh, but the other half of it, your actual performance of those details, that's That's directly engendering in you through its performance. So I, and I, and I think that's significant, and I think and, you know my introduction to this the, the second half of the Perik, in which I said Harambam didn't need to do this. Harambam's quoting from a midrash. Harambam's telling you the midrash itself is cryptic, and he's not sure about it, and so on and so forth. I think, he, I think he wants to do this. I think he wants to bring out in misvot. I think he wasn't forced into doing this. He could have thrown the midrash out. He could have explained it like Ramban Nachmani does. He wants to have this. Why does he want to have it? Because the value of Avodah Me'ahavah is a big deal for Harambam. And he found a way, paradoxically, to work it into a system which has logic and reasoning and purpose to every single mitzvah, to say every single one also has a dimension which is Avodah Me'ahavah. You think you can't perform both at once? Well, you, you actually can. I mean, I, it makes sense. I mean, you could come up with practical examples in which you have that. You have someone performing something just in order to, uh, to listen to, to the command. At the same time, it's something purposeful is going to come out. You can split up, I and mean, it's reality, you can split up things that we do and break them up, talk about it from a general perspective, and then talk about the specifics within it. So again, the general perspective of, I don't know, marching in the army is uh, supposed to do X, Y, and Z. Why you're supposed to raise your right foot first is because you're part of the system. So you can break them up, and I think Harambam does. So in turn, to return to Yeshaya label, which is big problems. His big problem is, but you lost that. 25 chapters, not that way. 25 chapters talking about general purpose, which is supposed to be man-centrist. It is supposed to put man in the center and, and, and the thrust of, of what you're doing and why you're doing it. But ultimately speaking, the details that go into it are supposed to bring forth that avodah me'ahava, baruch Adonai